What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Maddie D. We are talking college football week three. We are then joined by friend of the program, Michael J. Clark, for week two NFL picks. This one was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the football this weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the hostess with the mostest, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Week one in the books. I know, you know... Uh, another dominant performance in the fantasy realm as I took you to the woodshed. Very happy about that. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. But obviously, well, I was going to say. should have hosted Jeopardy. I, I should have because a couple other leagues he cost me too. So I made some – these things happen. But I'm doing great, man. It was a great week. Loved having you guys, you, you, you and M over and a bunch of people over for Big Outdoor Tailgate um, on Sunday. Can't wait to do that again. You got to make some tweaks to the facility though. You know, not that it wasn't great, but it should be better. Round sound is, I think, I think priority one. I want to get some. There's some other little things I want a second team. We'll, we'll get there. But anyway, um, it was great to watch the Eagles top to bottom, uh, really strong performance against the Falcons, which, which obviously we all appreciated. Just some overall, some great football. Uh, and I don't, I, I know I, I mentioned a bunch of of Sunday action, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the pageantry that is back in full swing, all things considered. A beautiful college football Saturday, oh, which yeah. was just, it was prime time. It was incredible. And we, you mentioned it. We have not had a proper college football segment since our little preview a couple weeks ago going into the season. And we didn't really talk about any hot takes that we might have. And Matt, I think now, and we'll jump into the upset of the week. But now that Oregon has beaten Ohio State and Ohio State has one loss, I think it's possible, possible that this might be the first year that we get a two-loss team into the college football playoff. Am I wrong? It's a loaded question. I think Ohio State could do it. To be, to I think Clemson front, could do it. To be up front, yes. I still think you're wrong. I still think we find four teams that have one or less loss. Okay. Um, Alabama and Georgia obviously come right to the top for me. Oregon, with their big win, right, is now in position to potentially lock themselves in. And, and Oklahoma, so those are th- four teams. Obviously, Georgia and Alabama, one would have a loss, but those are four teams right off the top of my head. Plus, every year Cincinnati is highly ranked, 
is an opportunity that if they if they you know if they go undefeated, they could have a chance to make it as well. And there's plenty of other teams. Right? I'm just throwing out options as to why a two-loss team like Ohio State or Clemson, assuming they lose again, right? Because they're both just one loss teams, but sure. um, you know, could find themselves in the playoff. I still think it's going to be tough. Not saying it's not possible. I personally don't see it. Um, but then again, you could also argue that I don't see their team losing again, potentially. We're going to see. Um, but anyway, so that's no. another, that's another portion too, right? I mean, theoretically, they both could run the table and be fine. Yeah, so I think they both actually do. In the reality, is they probably should, maybe not Ohio State, but Clemson should run through the ACC. The only thing is that we've seen in a few years that they, you know, the Friday night Syracuse game, the Penn State whiteout, which is happening this weekend against Auburn. You the the insert this happening here there's some loss that happens in conference and now you've lost that, you know, free space of a in-conference loss. You might end up in the conference championship game. You might not even, if you're Ohio state that happened in 2016 and you know, as things happen and, and everything there. Now it's worth noting, you mentioned it of both Alabama and Georgia getting in. That's exactly what happened when Ohio state was a two loss big 10 champion. I don't know. I just think we've we've really sold them being so good that it, it's possible to to maybe see, but it really isn't until it's expanded. I just think it's a hot take to maybe throw on there and and think that is a possibility. I don't know, but I think all credit to Oregon in that win that they took a lead at the start of that game, or really in the middle of the game because it was the second quarter. But they took a, a fourteen to seven lead that they, they almost blew. Ohio State was driving at the end of the game, and Oregon could have squandered a 14-point lead with 10 minutes left. They had a few different stands and end up pulling out the victory. I think the fact that they had a very good game from C.J. Verdell uh, ends up being a big part of that, and seeing Anthony Brown step up in a couple different ways ends up being pretty big. But I just think that they made a statement there. They have one of the better defensive prospects in the in the NFL draft sphere as you've talked about a few different times and I think they proved that they're still very much in the conversation even though the last couple of years have been down for them well I what's not what I to, so couple, what I was actually most impressed with I, I know that they end up giving up what was it I think 35 points no, correct me here 28 it was 35 28 Oregon Okay, so they give up twenty eight points, right? It's four. What's four touchdowns? That's not. That's not nothing, right? But yeah, they really, football, in, especially, though. but especially in the first half, this Oregon defense without Kayvon Thibodeau, that's that's that big time defenseman prospect. Sure. Another starter in the defensive line played really strong early. They they collapsed well. Stool, their linebacker, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. A couple corners and safeties had stepped up. You know, and this was a great opportunity for them. You've got a, you've got a. Um, a freshman quarterback in CJ Stroud, a couple new running backs. The offensive line couldn't get a lot of push for as big and big and mammoth as they look. I thought Oregon played so well defensively. I was incredibly impressed on that side of the ball. And then offensively, you know, they're not, they're not a high scoring passing offense that we've seen from previous Oregon teams led by Mariota and Herbert. But I I thought you're right. Brown did all the right things. They they leaned on the running game um, and they got it done in a hostile environment. This team actually probably isn't playing to its potential yet, which I think is the scary part for the rest of the Pac-12. Um, and, and yeah, and for Ohio State, I'm not sure what you're more disappointed in. See, you have you got a you got a you got a freshman at quarterback, 
you know, I know you have some some talent there, but really their defense didn't show up again, yeah, especially in the secondary, I thought, too. And even defensive line-wise, that's probably more – to me, that's more concerning if you're an Ohio State fan. That is a that is a somewhat veteran defense that, that just didn't play ha, – ha, and really hasn't played. Because even if you think about it, in the first game against Minnesota, they got run all over. So if you're a Penn State, um, a Wisconsin, Michigan – you know, some of these potential Michigan State, some of these Big Ten teams that have an opportunity at a title this year, you you have a blueprint now on how to stop this, how to stop this Ohio State offense and how to get under, how to, how to have success against this Ohio State defense. Uh, and all it takes is one to repeat that blueprint to your point, and they become a two-loss team. And there's some, there's unlike, unlike Clemson in the ACC, there's a couple teams there, but there there's a lot of quality teams that are that are going to come to the horseshoe, or they're going to have to go visit. And that what's probably even scarier. They go somewhere else. It gets a little louder. Your passing game doesn't work as well necessarily on the road. If they can't figure out how to run it, there's some concerns for Ohio State. But again, the talent is overwhelming, right? The quarterback does throw a beautiful ball. They've got so many weapons on the offensive side, both at running back. They don't even use their tight end, by the way, who's fantastic. So. I think they'll get back on track, but I think Oregon surprised me because they, they had two defensive linemen studs who were out of the out and they had that kind of success still defensively shutting down the run in particular. Cause when that, when that Ohio state offense gets rolling with the running game, then the passing game becomes even more potent than it already is. So I'm very impressed overall. Oregon deserves to be a top five team and they've got an opportunity to make the playoffs with a really balanced roster. Mark totally. Criswell has done a great job there. He really has done a great job there. Doesn't get enough credit for it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's worth noting a Big Ten team is still in the top five. Iowa defeats an Iowa State team that had a uh, lot of high hopes going that's... into this season. And Iowa with a real statement in state victory, 27 17. Matt, what did you see from this game? Uh, Iowa State really is. This was one of their. This was their opportunity in my mind. Um, you know, they had, they had you know, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. They've got some serious talent there, and they have they host game day, and they really came out flat. But you almost should expect it from an Iowa team that is so well coached under Kirk Ferentz, and they're just they're just going to bring you. They're going to bring so much intelligent play on so many different levels that I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I wanted Ohio, Iowa State. Solely because I love to see a program that I still think is ascending, you know, continue that motion. They're a potential flagship program for the Big 12. So we want to see them continue to do that. But, I mean, really, Iowa looks great, and that's my fault. See, this is a classic thing you do. You forget about Iowa. They're not flashy. They're not sexy. You know, they're not they're not air raid offense style. They don't, you know, but they are just so well coached that this is going to be a tough out for, you know, in the Big 10 whoever they're playing it's gonna they're gonna be really tough out and good for good good for uh, Ferentz who's been there forever to really I think put a nice little signature on a nice week to win against a huge rival this early in the season yeah and you're hit the nail on the head of just Iowa State had a real opportunity here and kind of just fizzles out I, I don't know what the best way to put it is of yeah Iowa stepping up big and it was kind of the the same things that we've always thought out of it of a, a team that isn't going to, I don't know, out-beautify you. I don't know what the best way to put it is. They scored 27 points. Yeah, you can say like that, yeah. But they end up having a few different touchdowns on the ground. They have, yeah, they end up having one passing touchdown. But their their quarterback, Spencer Petras, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You know my my, uh, way of mispronouncing names, Matt. (laughs) 
He only has 106 yards. It's insane. It's like the classic Big Ten West team when they still almost put up 30 points, which is, you know, 27-17 is a great NFL score, but it's a weird weird college football score, but I guess it's Big Ten West. So you never know what to expect there. But I think it's, um, I think it's something that hopefully this is more 2016-esque of this isn't a team or this is a team that hangs on and continues on through. Unlike the team that was literally fingertips away against Penn State, I believe that was in 2017, and then kind of just fizzled out and we didn't really see a ton, ton out of them there. I'd love to see them continue on through this season. They're a team, you're right, that we all forgot about them. And looking at their schedule, if I can pull it up, um, Yahoo's sending me through Rivals.com. Never never totally got it. But their schedule, as I pull it up here, they do host Penn State once again uh, in a few weeks. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see where Penn State is. They get a few weeks off from Big Ten play before having to go to Maryland. Um, and then the Big Ten West of just going there. So maybe they are the team there that ends up in the, the title game. But they play Wisconsin, a team that already has a loss and you know, was hoping to have high hopes there. So the Big Ten West, not not totally dead by any stretch of the imagination, but we will see where they end up going. Matt, what other games do we need to talk about before we send it off to pick them? Yeah, well, first of all, Texas is not back. <laughs> I, I can't think of I can't think of a more resounding <laughs> statement I, than what I just said to you. Up. Right? I yes. mean at this point, the fact that, A, they were ranked 15th in the nation, and, B, you know, uh, and it's so hard, right, because I like their head coaches. Like, I love the Steve Sarkeesian redemption story. I, I like guys they had there before, and I think they get a, a short stick because the expectations are so high. But this is a Texas program that really just does not – the hype is so – is almost overwhelming at this point. Yep. I don't know what's going to fix them other than figuring out how to hire Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban to walk through the door. And even then there's just something fundamentally broken with Texas right now. They keep getting highly ranked and they blow a game against an Arkansas team that quite frankly, this isn't that great. Right. I mean, this is, this is an, it is, you know, so that was horrible. Um, USC losing to Stanford. And now, first of all, really held now. that's a knee-jerk firing right there, to be honest. I'm really disappointed to see USC go that route. But, again, this is a USC program that, as they should, expects to be up there with the Texas, right, with the Ohio States and the Alabamas and the Clemsons at the very top, and they're not. They haven't been for a while, and they continue to flat founder. No one really watched that game. It was like a 10.30 p.m. start, so that was a not primetime game, and obviously USC wasn't ready for the primetime. So, yeah, they're out of it, and we're going to see who – who replaces them? You know, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, Bob Stoops, maybe Chris Peterson would be a great option. Um, it's funny. Somebody said, how, how long until Urban Meyer's on the plane to USC? Um, made me laugh a little bit when I heard that. But isn't that they could also, they could go after Mario Cristobal. They could try James Franklin. Honestly, might be a great time now to talk to Matt Campbell at Iowa State after their loss. So um, there's certainly some guys out there. Um, but it, it, just embarrassing again for another blue blood blue blood program um, to go down that late night special. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one to look at. Of just a team that, like Texas, has always been for the last ten years. Right, they were like the first top five ranked team to lose like six games in two thousand ten, and we haven't really seen te- USC really come back under the Darnold year. 
where they thought they could be the first two lost team to get in the playoff and everybody kind of laughed at them and it was right. You know, the higher you're bringing Clay Helton in and it was never really totally there. I don't, I don't know the better way to look at it of a, I don't know, a, a program that just has been kind of chasing after a lot of, they've been chasing waterfalls to go uh, the TLC route. <laughs> I don't know, but they're, um, they're, there isn't really an answer at USC to see what happens because now with how nationwide recruiting is for each conference, they never really solidified in California and, and so many schools have always gotten into there of getting different players and whatnot. But I don't know the fact that they kind of lost it and that Stanford, a school that is usually a proud program and, and does, you know, they were so good for so long with Christian McCaffrey and a number of different years with a number of different highly touted NFL prospects. But as I don't know, it's, it's another thing of, did did we forget about Stanford? I know they're not ranked. I know it's kind of a forgotten one there going back to Texas of just Arkansas, a school that I think is starting to really figure it out. I don't know if it's a, if I'm just really buying into the fact that they just beat a Texas team that was supposed to be back for the billionth time. And now they're ranked 20th, but they're a school that I feel like ends up kind of backdooring their way into receiving votes at the end of the season. They obviously end up getting some bad losses on their resume because they're in the same division as Alabama and LSU and ends up finding, and now Texas A&M because Jimbo's really figured it out there. But they're a school that can put the fear of God into teams and the fact that they can't do it against the Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M tier shouldn't be harmful to them. I, I don't know. Um, I did also want to mention Jacksonville State beating Florida State, which I feel like is <laughs> that they've now what they beat Ole Miss a few years ago. They got close to beating Auburn like five years ago. Um, I reference that because I have friends from Jacksonville State, but um, Florida State, a team that we thought a few weeks ago they hung out there with Notre Dame, who a little foresight into picks we talk about a little bit the notre dame side of things but we thought maybe they were starting to potentially make some sort of term when we, neither of us were very high on them in the preseason so i think that's that's worth noting um and then kind of going back onto the usc topic or really the the pac-12 in general outside of like arizona state the pac-12 is pretty dismal right now and i don't know, or and obviously Oregon, I should point that out. Oregon and Arizona State. The Pac-12 is uh, in a, a weird spot, and I don't know what we need to do to try to fix that. But Utah losing to BYU, a very good BYU team, and Arizona losing to San Diego State at home both stick out to me as uh, kind of these aren't really losses we should be seeing on the, the schedule. Maybe BYU. BYU is a solid enough program. But I don't know the Pac-12 joining the Alliance and still being the Pac-12 of just kind of disappointing losses doesn't totally shock me. Yeah, you know, I know we I know we're going to wrap this up. A couple other games that I think are valuable, at least to just briefly just swing through here. Um, one, Notre Dame barely squeaking it out versus Toledo. Not a great look. Yep. An- another team, Miami, barely squeaking it out against Appalachian State. Again, not a look you want this early in the season. Kind of shows cracks potentially, you know, in the in the program. 
you know, Oklahoma barely squeaking out against West Western Carolina, 76 to nothing, you know, could have been a tough <laughs> one there. Um, no, I'm kidding on that one. I think another game too. Oklahoma that I just, State I barely squeezing out against Tulsa though. That is no, actually that is. That's something true. Not, that's something not to bat an eye against. Right, right. No, but I think the one game that has bigger effects, they win the game, but Texas A&M, Colorado's a, a good program, a good team, but they win 10-7, to 7, which I know sounds a little strange, but they lose their starting quarterback to a broken leg. Oh. Texas A&M has true title hopes. Um, they are a very good football team, probably flying a little under the radar because they, they don't have a big name, um, but a very good team. Jimbo Fisher, we knew, was going to build pro- a program like this, so that's a huge loss. Um, it was a close quarterback battle. So the, the backups coming in, he, he's going to be, he's going to be okay. But this, this is, you know, a team that was expecting to do a little bit more. Um, and so Luden uh, Haynes King, it, 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 something that we, we have to look into. They got the sophomore coming in, uh, uh, Colzada, and we're going to see if he can play. We're going to see how this does. So you get New Mexico this weekend. It'd be a little bit easier. Give them an opportunity. But then Arkansas comes to town September 25th. In Arlington, in a neutral site game, you know that's that's going to be a test, and then and then Alabama in, in early October, um, and so not great for them. And I just wanted to point that out. It's a big loss from the injury standpoint, but they get the win, which which does matter, I think, in this case. So um, a lot of moving parts early in college football. We have not seen the chalk we've been used to in previous years by any means. No, it's awesome, and I think it is, you know. It, the moving pieces continue as we had the Cincinnati being unanimous, unanimously accepted into the Big 12 along with UCF, and I'm forgetting who the third one is, but uh, BYU is one of them, um, which we'll see what ends up happening there. We talked about it in the preseason of what ends up happening, but yeah, the, the fact that Ohio State's fallen all the way to ninth, and it's September 14th when we're recording this, Penn State playing Auburn this weekend, see what happens there, somebody's going to make uh, some sort of jump one way or the other, I feel like. Uh, Florida playing Alabama, which if Florida pulls off the upset, could be monumental to this season and seeing what happens throughout college football and the ripple effect there. Um, I don't know. It's really exciting to see. I love that college football all the way back, and I know you all have heard that take a thousand different ways to Sunday. And I don't know. It's just really exciting. Yeah, with you. But let's throw it over to picks. We have our good friend, Michael J. Clark, on to be our first guest picker. We address it uh, right off the jump. So without further ado, here he is, Michael J. Clark. All right, it is time for picks. And joining us now, a longtime friend of the program. He's no stranger to being a guest picker. He's no stranger to hopping on the podcast. It is Michael J. Clark. Mike, how are you? Fellas! I'm back. I'm back early this year. I'm excited, man. I know. The first of many, hopefully. But it pumped Addy yes. on. It is always, week two. Always, gang. Oh, yeah. So we got to do a little apology, or at least I do. We said last Ooh. week we were going to have the week one picks on the Instagram. Uh, my mom got married, so I got a little distracted. Matt was too busy beating me in fantasy, so he got distracted. So we apologize there. But we're back and better than ever, as Mike and Mike used to say before they split up. <laughs> before they weren't before they weren't <laughs> we're so we're working. back and better than ever, than ever. <laughs> for week two and mike before we jump in do you have any hot takes from week one anything you want to say before we jump into the picks oh boy um no it was just it was just so great to have football back 
uh, on my TV on Sunday. I just, you know, sat and watched uh, a lot of pigskin on oh, yeah. uh, on a Sunday, like uh, like like as what is supposed to be. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, we're 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 back. Football's back. Um, I, I I loved seeing um, Baltimore lose the way they did on Monday night because uh, I have no fan of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> so I always uh, enjoy when they uh, lose in in humiliating fashion, and uh, I I uh, uh, enjoy going back and reading uh, the tweets of uh, uh, my, my friend Chappelle because Chappelle is. <laughs> For for those who are uh, who don't follow Chappelle, uh, he has a must follow during Ravens games. Okay, um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, Jordy, went back and and watched what he's tweeting out during Ravens games, but um, he should not be allowed in the same room as Mark Andrews. So uh, <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, well, I was just saying off the air that he almost was the one that screwed up my same game parlay, and then. The Ravens outraided the Raiders, so that that ended up happening. But that, I need to go check that out. I do follow him on Twitter. You might need to make an intro, and he might need to make a, a guest picker appearance because he's uh, oh. always electric on <laughs> RJP podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah. But let's jump into picks. So for those that sure. are new to the to the fun be tailgate and our picks, what we do is we have a guest picker. Mike is it for this round, and we do five NFL picks, then a college pick, all against the spread. Um, we are not allowed to make the same pick, but we are allowed to go against each other. So for instance, if you were to have taken, if I were to have taken the Las Vegas Raiders plus three and a half last night, Mike could not have already taken them or vice versa, but he could have taken the Ravens minus three and a half, but it sounds like he wouldn't have. But so we'll lead off with Mike. He's our guest. Matt and I usually rotate who goes second. Matt's going to go second this week. His prize for beating me in our uh, Lehigh fantasy football league. And then I will round up the snake and come back around. So, Mike, we begin with you. What is your first NFL pick? Okay. All right. So, we're, we're starting with uh, the NFL. Uh, okay. Um, let me see what I have scribbled down here. What I like this week. Um, all right. Uh, I was uh, super impressed with um, their performance in uh, a game against a team that many people are uh, you know, came into the season pre- predicting to be a Super Bowl team uh, under, um, you know, extreme conditions, not playing at home when they should have been playing at home. Uh, I like the Saints to keep rolling uh, on the road in Carolina. Uh, they are favored by three and a half. Uh, I like New Orleans to win by uh, more than three and a half. So give me uh, New Orleans in that game, please. All righty. I, I actually like that pick a lot. I'm uh... – I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be entertaining, but I think I think you're, I agree with you that New Orleans probably ends up pulling away at the end there. But I think this is going to be a really fun game. Carolina's defense showed something a little bit in that in that first one. Yeah, yeah. They're playing the Absolutely. Jets, which you know always helps that you're playing the Jets. And uh, but Sam Darnold looked decent, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does against a a better defense that New Orleans rolls out, and especially. Uh, now um or no they were home last week they were not in they were not at the meadowlands so uh i guess two home games in a row for them but new orleans still (laughs) on the east coast so we'll see what they end up doing jordy how could you forget uh the right um the panther yes (laughs) the the vr 
What a yeah. sight that was. Um, what a moment. Oh my what a moment to I didn't realize that there was another one that got done a couple years ago. There was a, there was like a, a Ravens version of that a few years ago. That was even more frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm thrilled to have uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey back uh, in my life and being able to watch him on Sundays again. Yeah. Uh, and this is a, a matchup of, you know, two of probably uh, the the three best running backs in the league. Uh, uh, definitely the two best dual threat running backs in the league in um, in uh, uh, CMC and uh, Kamara. Yep. I, I, I think it's going to be uh, a fun game, but I don't think that uh, Darnold and the Panthers have uh, the firepower to stay with uh, New Orleans this time, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll have to see. Maddie, got any thoughts on that? You want to jump into your pick? Well, I, I, I mean, honestly, the big point is, you know, the the, the Panthers pay, played the Jets. You guys already brought it up, but I was really impressed with Jameis Winston. He's going to have to continue to play that kind of mistake-free football. Um, but it just shows you how deep New Orleans roster was. I, I know it's only one game, but they were probably one of my. I was not very high on them overall, but I was very impressed with what I saw. So we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm happy to jump in next um, and see if I can if I can make some make some noise for uh, for you all. And uh, it's it's just tough, right? Because there's a lot of teams that had a bad week one that maybe we expected to be to be better, right? Um, and I think this is where it becomes kind of challenging some of these some of these great O one matchups um, to see where we can go. But I am actually gonna I'm actually gonna stick with probably two teams that I think a lot of people are surprised are one and right now. And that's the the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, a little 1 p.m. action. Pitt has a five-and-a-half-point favorite here. And I'm going to be honest, I really like him in this game as well. Um, and I, I think that the Raiders played great, inspired football on Monday night. But Pittsburgh is – it's early in the season, which means Pittsburgh is healthy. I also think we underestimated them, right, after their poor finish to the season last year. They've got so many weapons offensively. Najee Harris, their first-round rookie, didn't come off the field week one. And Deontay Johnson worked hard on his catching and looked great. Um, and I, I think this is a inspired Steelers team um, that can beat, I think, a Raiders team that played with a lot of emotion on Monday night in their, you know, their first real home game. Um, so I'm taking the Steelers to cover the five-and-a-half, win by maybe nine points, I think, is a pretty strong number for me. Yeah, that was going to be my first pick. I love that. I think the Raiders, <laughs> they were, you hit the nail on the head. It was the first real home game. There was the whole cavalcade of celebrities, which my wife used in giant quotation marks as she was going through the cavalcade of people there. Being like, There's only really two of them, but they were all famous people. Um, <laughs> but still, they they played, you know, they, they gave it their all. They left everything on the field. The Derek Carr experience with Darren Waller is just awesome. But I think seeing TJ Watt versus... It, albeit a very good Baltimore off or defensive line of, but seeing what he did to Josh Allen, a, a more mobile quarterback than Derek Carr is. I think he's going to have a lot of trouble. I think Josh Jacobs had a pretty good game, but I, I just don't see it continuing against that Steeler front seven. And I think their offense struggles to get it going. And I, I agree with you. I think it, it could even be double digits. Yeah. Smart. I, I uh, you know, I was very impressed with what Pittsburgh did. Uh, I did not expect them to, uh, going to Buffalo and win week one. Um, and so I, I'm definitely going to be 
keeping an eye on this game, I think it could have potential to uh, be a lot of fun. I think these are two uh, two teams that I think people, people may have slept on coming into the season, um, just based on the fact that, you know, uh, the Raiders have done this little swoon for the last couple of years where they sure. start off uh, kind of hot, and then they end up uh, losing a lot down the stretch, did not make the playoffs, uh, and then the way that uh, the Steelers just got their doors blown off in the AFC uh, wild card round. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I can see this game going, going either way. So I was, this is a stay away for me. Uh, but here's what I'll say about watching Steelers games. Um, and it's that I think that James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson need to like all get together and agree like, all right, one of us needs to change our jersey number. Because <laughs> I never, never can guess on like the first try. I'm like, oh, I know exactly who that is that Ben's throwing to. Because they're like 16, 18, and 19 or yeah. something like yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. like that. Like they all play the same way. Like at least like Claypool is different enough from them. But I, I always have a hard time uh, differentiating this. That's such a good point because in a week that was defined by like Leonard Fournette being number seven and a number of different people having like single <laughs> yes, digit yes, numbers, yes. the Steelers still find a way to confuse the shit out of us with the same numbers. That's a really, really good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like when uh, um, Julius Thomas and Demarius Thomas were both on. Oh yeah, on the um, Denver, and one was eighty and the other was eighty-eight. And yeah. I'm like, thanks guys. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a really good point, and and they rotated who had like two two or three touchdowns a game, um, and it <laughs> yes, really stuck yes, in a yes. fantasy aspect. But uh, so it rolls to me for two, and Matt took my pick, so I am gonna go with the Bills here. That was one that I had maybe as my second pick, but I'm just gonna go with them. I do think the the Dolphins in you know the closest fashion that one point victory over Mike's Pats um, played really well. And I think a lot better than certainly I thought they were going to, I think the bills though, they kind of, they kind of, I don't want to say they choked that one away. Cause well, they more literally did. Cause TJ Watt suffocated them so well in that second half. And it's really <laughs> the Steeler defense did, but I think they they want to show that they can finish out a game. And I know Miami is usually a tougher place for AFC East teams to go down to and play. Uh, see last week, and, um, yeah, I just, th- I think they, you know, it's a three point game partially because it's down there. I think my, the bills more so than Miami, I think just, they want to show that, Hey, we're supposed to be the class of this division. Now we're supposed to maybe be the class of the conference. Let's show it that mm. way. And they blow the, the dolphins off. there. kind of a, let's show them that we're who they thought we're supposed to be kind of game. Um, I do think their, their rushing game was a little better, but it really does come down to Josh Allen's mobility and really getting all of their receivers involved into it. And they did a pretty good job of that. I think their defense let up a little bit and big Ben used, you know, what is it now? 17 years in the league of experience to, to finish them off. So I think their defense needs to step it up, but with Tua still not being, you know, potentially all the way there and making mistakes, I think the bills can force that. Yeah, so I, I, you know, of course, I, I watched every snap of 
uh, Miami's game against uh, against uh, New England. And Tua had moments. Uh, Tua and Waddle uh, had some ex-teammates. Uh, had some really nice connections. I think Waddle's going to be uh, very good this year as long yeah. as uh, Tua can stay upright. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the Packers were kind of able to get to a couple times also. Like, it's not like they really lit the world on fire. Like, they scored 17 points. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that I like Buffalo to, to, to bounce back. And I think they kind of need to um, because I think if they're, they're staring at 0-2, uh, I think a lot of like, you know, a lot of conversation about how they've handled the off season, you know, how this, uh, you know, massive contract that Josh Allen signed, like was last year an aberration for Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's a great quarterback. And I think that, um, you know, I think that last year he started something great, but, you know, if they dropped to zero and two, um, I think that they're going to have a long week and have to answer a lot of questions for sure. Yeah. And I think it's something that like, I'm pretty sure it's Oh two. It's definitely Oh three is super low, but like the percentage of Oh and two teams that make the playoffs is like way lower than you think it is. I remember the statistic like when the, the dream team Eagles with fucking Tim Tebow who got cut in the preseason <laughs> that year, they went Oh and two and obviously they didn't make the playoffs at all. Chip Kelly got fired. But like, I remember hearing some stat that it's like, there was only like, a third of the teams made the playoffs or something of, of teams that started 0 and two. It's really low. And granted, like this is the AFC East. The, the Patriots look good and we'll get, we'll probably get to them in a little bit playing the jets, but you know, it's, it's something where Miami goes two and Oh, new England probably is one and one after this week. We'll talk about that spread. One of us will. Um, so Oh, and two, you still get a game against the, you actually get games against the Pats and the jets. Cause you haven't played anybody in the division. So it's not out of the, the woods yet, but it, I'm pretty sure it is something pretty low. Somebody can correct me on that. But, Matt, do you have any thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, the Bills are going to be angry, right? I mean, they got – they kind of blew a game. Um, one of their biggest weaknesses, lack of a pass rush, really showed up. You know, this is a team that people wanted in the Super Bowl. And the Steelers, like I said, I think are better Someone than people give credit for. But, I mean, can you, can you not – can you hear me? No, I can hear – I know, I said – I was trying to oh. make fun of – I was making fun of myself <laughs> for picking the Bills in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was like, I, I think said, is anyone on this podcast? Which I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, you know, you you weren't on this podcast, when you picked, but I picked, the, I picked the Saints to to come last in the NFC South. So plenty of time for both of our predictions to come true, though. Okay, all right. So yeah, um, but no, I mean, I think I said, I think that Buffalo is mad. I think their offense will will have Miami is a really good defense, but I think their offense will do enough. I think their defense is a little better, good enough against a Dolphins offense that's still emerging in my mind, but it, yeah, you know, that's a really it, good, this is a big game for the bills. Yeah. Really, really good thought there. Um, so my next pick, and I probably should have made this my first, cause I love this more than I love the bills. Um, it's a team that I love to hate on. I love to hate on them last year. It's the Arizona Cardinals hosting Ooh. the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think Kirk cousins is really that good. I know he had 350 passing yards, um, but he's like, the stats look fine, but he's, you watch some of that game and he's just all over the fucking board. Um, Dalvin cook is a very good running back. He only had 60 yards last week. Kyler Murray had five fucking touchdowns. I think that continues. I think Deandre Hopkins has a field day with his defense. I think that they continue to figure things out. Christian Kirk obviously had a big game last week, so they kind of need to keep that going with, with that wide receiver core and seeing what happens there. But I, 
really like what the Cardinals defense did in week one. And I think that continues. Um, obviously Dalvin cook, you got to slow him down a little bit and then make Kirk cousins really try to only target Adam Thielen. But I think that they're, that's probably what they're going with. You're going to have that dual threat of, of a number of different pass rushers of JJ Watt and a few other guys in there. And I think granted their secondary is a little young, but we'll see what they end up doing. And you know, Chandler Jones, the five touchdowns or five sacks, Jesus, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens there. But I'm going with the Cardinals to cover minus four and a half. I think it's four and a half because the Vikings could keep this close, and it really probably should be like three and a half, and make the the Cardinals not have to win by a by like a last second field goal. The four and a half is probably from a lot of money coming into it. I don't have the spread on Yahoo of or the percentages of money versus one way versus the other on Yahoo, but I really like Arizona here intriguing jumping on the bandwagon right away after you really didn't like him last year i mean i saw what you saw by the way i'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah, you, that. Heard, but, but you heard that, me that, screaming that, kirk cousin sucks in your house all last sunday well, watching I, that well, I, yeah, I, was no, say, I guess it's a battle of because g-man has no love for the vikings how many times did they screw him last year oh a ton oh and neither well neither do i i, I think it i'm more intrigued by jordy's love of the cardinals again I'm, and i'm i'm poking fun there's they're a team that first of all they have to win now right we talked about this jordy like yeah. their coach their, their coach and gm could be gone if they don't um, it was it was good to see him have that big game to start off the year, uh, but I, I just you know I'm I'm never quite sure you know until Kyler proves it like a, a number of weeks in a row you know but that defense stepping up was a bigger deal for me than even the offense because they really need that this defense to to be top level um, and, and you know that's something that they need to continue to uh, they need to continue to do especially at a stacked NFC West yeah and I think another. A, a really good counterpoint to mine at least was the Vikings did a really good job of controlling the ball in week one, um, which they still ended up coming away with a loss. So if they're able to continue that kind of style and go that way, we'll see what they can do. I just, I don't know. They're, they're kind of to your point, Matt, of who's going to keep this going week after week. I guess we'll just see you know, one, one way or the other, how it's going to give. Um, but I just think, I don't know the, the Vikings defense, they weren't very good against the run. And if, they can fit if the Cardinals can figure something out or let Kyler cook to steal a term from another NFC West quarterback. Um, we will, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. but Mike, do you have any thoughts on this one or should we go to Matt? Um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think that this is potential to be a high scoring game just because it's two, uh, offenses that can, uh, that can, that can score in a hurry. Like I know that, you know, we, we, that none, no, no one's a huge Kirk Cousins guy, but you know, with weapons like Cook and Thielen and, and Jefferson, um, see the, the, the Vikings is another thing where for like three quarters, they'll look like complete garbage. And then the fourth quarter, they'll start their comeback and they'll start to like complete these passes. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the stats for, for Cousins are, I feel like, completely uh, padded. And, and, you know, the, the, the points count when they're, they're making these comebacks and, you know, good for them to, like, bring the game to overtime, I guess. Um, but, no, I, I, I think that Arizona had the statement – well, one of the statement wins of week one. Um, and I don't think that they're going to um, 
uh, be tripped up here. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I would have picked uh, this way as well. Yeah. But to your point of them, screw me. The only time that I, I picked against them every week, except for I picked them to beat the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy fucking smashed the watermelon. So that's all you need to know. When they play the, the teams that I need them to beat, they screw up. Vikings suck. Kirk Cousins the worst. Maddie, we move to you. What is your next pick? So I'm, I'm going to pick the revenge game, and it's not just because I have some of these guys on my fantasy roster, but Monday night, oh yeah, in the lights, Green Bay, Detroit goes to Green Bay. Now, Detroit is – I know they stuck with the 49ers for a little bit. Obviously, the Debo Samuel fumble made it even more exciting. Uh, Detroit is not a good football team. They, they have an opportunity to be, but they aren't. Um, they don't, they, they're finding that out, right? Like week one, everyone thinks they're good. And then you get to week two and things start to change a little bit. I think Green Bay is going to have a field day. Detroit's up and coming corner. Jeff Okuda just tore his Achilles. So he's out and you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and the rest of that offense want to make a statement on Monday night football to say, Hey, week one was an aberration. We didn't wake up. I think they cover the 10 and a half. I know it's a divisional game and normally I don't like to pick that, but I did, this could not set up better for the Green Bay bounce back resurgence week. So I think they smoke the Lions by two plus touchdowns on Monday night football and just show everybody, hey, we're going to be a contender all season. And this Green Bay defense is going to be way better than they were. I think that, I, I think that a second theory is going to suffocate an already bad off by Detroit passing attack. And and they're just going to dominate uh, thoroughly. So I'm a big Green Bay believer this week. I know that's a huge spread dangerous to pick against but i'm i'm a big fan there yeah i think a number of things with this aaron Rodgers stunk aj Dillon and, and aaron jones really didn't get anything going um and i think the fact that tj hawkinson had a huge game a great coming out party that's really all that you can expect week after week from him i know jared goff had three touchdowns 300 yards but like jamal williams is their pat their rushing leader and i don't really see much else exploding for them and you mentioned their defense is that good so i I usually try to stay away from double digit spreads especially in the nfl um but that's that's a solid pick mike what do you think about this one yeah i i feel like once a year and it's usually the prime time game is is green bay and uh detroit where detroit's like kind of in it or like winning for most of it. And then uh, Green Bay will go on a drive in the fourth quarter and there'll be some like questionable officiating calls that go Green Bay's way and Lion fans will cry about it. So like, I'm just like wondering, is it, is it this uh, Green Bay Detroit game or will it be uh, the, the, uh, the one that's going to be in Detroit? Yeah. I, Green Bay was so bad last week. They were so bad last week, and, I, I, and I, they be that I, bad again? I, I no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, and I agree that the um, it's a dangerous pick, though. I do agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that final for the San Francisco Detroit game, like, is not representative of how much no. San Francisco just like completely boat raced Detroit. Detroit stinks. Detroit's yeah, bad. They're not. They're good. not as bad. Like Green Bay's, you know, Green Bay is mediocre, but Detroit's bad. They're probably gonna be like the worst team in, in the league um so yeah I, I i think you're i think you're okay with this pick um but just you know you keep, keep that in mind that uh these two teams are good for one of those a year where it's it's closer than it should be that's a really good point um yeah there's always the there's what like 
three Hail Rogers Hail Marys in like the last decade that have all been against Detroit. And then the only other one that I can think that went against the Packers was the fail Mary when the NFL immediately figured out how to work it out with the referees. But, um, yes. but no, that's a really good point. And it, it is a divisional game. So that is, that's a really a good call to just be wary of, but you're right. Detroit stinks. It's the home opener in green Bay. I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to bet that. I may not even bet the over. I might just do draft kit or excuse me, daily fantasy. Nope. No free ads. Um, and just have fun with it and hope that I have a bounce back week on my fantasy team, but Oh boy, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But Mike, we go to you for two picks. What is your first one? Sure. Uh, so before I, I make the pick, uh, just a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of background on one of the, the fantasy leagues I'm in this year. Um, I, I do every year I'm in, um, one of the leagues is a, a fantasy survivor pool. So it's like a survivor pool, but uh, every week you get to pick uh, one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, and one team defense. And like, if you hit like the benchmark with that player, then you, you move on to the next week. We can't use them the rest of the year. Okay. So for instance, uh, the quarterback benchmark is you have to throw for 200 yards and one touchdown or throw for two touchdowns and then you move on to the next week. So, okay. all right. So um, I, I picked uh, like Garoppolo last week. He ended up winning for me. Uh, my running back, uh, shout out to the two of you. Uh, I picked Miles Sanders again. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that Atlanta defense uh, that ended up winning for me because the running back, you only need like 75 all purpose, like rush at rush receiving yards. And so he got that by the end of the third quarter. Um, my defense, like I, I was able to get the only position that I lost was wide receiver. And so as I'm watching, as I'm watching the end of the Indianapolis Seattle game, I was like beside myself saying, Carson. Just throw the ball. <laughs> just, just throw the throw the ball to your best receiver one time. Just keep like he refused to look in the direction of Michael Pittman, and I ended up losing Pittman. So I am like I have no receiver left. So I'm I'm sour with. Your old buddy, Carson Wentz, <laughs> who is now, if people don't realize, the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, who um, they they hosted a West Coast team uh, at one o'clock with like in like the AFC in the NFC West, who is supposed to be a really good team, ended up losing by twelve. Uh, this week, they're hosting at one o'clock. West Coast team, the NFC West, who's very good, and the line is Rams by four. I am hammering the Rams. I think that the Rams yeah. uh, were very good on Sunday Night Football against uh, against the Bears. I think that um, I think Wentz is going to struggle to find his open guys uh, with Aaron Donald breathing down his neck. I think that. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Rams win this game. I think they do it uh, kind of easily for a road game. 
So I, I'm, I, I love the Rams uh, minus four in Indianapolis. So it's worth noting that in the 2017 season, the Eagles go to the Coliseum to play the Rams mm-hmm. and the entire pregame is about how we're going to see the next Brady Manning, the one, two, the golf Wentz, <laughs> And in that game, Carson Wentz tears his ACL is out for the season yeah. and the yeah. Eagles still win the game. Nick Foles still wins it. Um, the next year, Carson Wentz is hurt. And, and that he, was that was his that was his MVP season. That was, was MVP season, season where you know he doesn't tear his ACL. He wins yeah. Then the next season, yeah. the Eagles are like super dogs because Carson Wentz is hurt. Nick Foles comes in and they shock the Rams. And then last year the Rams came to Philly and killed him. Um so the in the one game that Carson Wentz did finish, he did not beat the Rams. Uh I l- really love that pick. Uh for a lot of reasons that you just said, a really good pass rush. I know the Colts offensive line is very good. And I think this is a lot low scoring than you might think it is with how good the Rams offense was. And the over reflects that at 47 and a half. Um, you know, it usually gets up to the 50 mark with, you mentioned in a number of name brand receivers, Pittman being one who was really not around. Pascal had a really good game because of that, but he Pittman, you hope he has a you know come you know return to form game against this LA defense that's really good. They have a really good secondary. I think this could turn into Clayton Kershaw's friend Matthew Stafford having a really good game against an indie defense, although they their defense is solid too. It's not to be trifled with. So I think this is a little closer, but I do think LA covers the spread. Um so I really like that pick. But Maddie, what do you think? You're still on the Carson train, or are you, are you finally leaving that station? Well, I mean, I'm leaving the station against the Rams for sure. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, and I don't even think the Rams really played their best game um, on Thursday night. Sunday night. You know, Sunday night, excuse me. Wow, not even close. Sunday night, wow, my bad. Um, I don't think the Rams even played their best game. I think they've got way more offensively, but they've got two big-time receivers. Van Jefferson continues to impress you know, Deshaun Jackson, we'll see, but you know, Higby's there. They're going to get this running game going. I think they'll get Sony Michelle a little bit more involved. Uh, that defense is so good. I, I think to me, too, and, and I'm not defending Carson here because he's got to be better. This is a really good team, but they, they certainly could use some more help receiving-wise um, for that team. Paris Campbell really needs to step up for them, with, especially with an aging T.Y. Hilton out for an extended period of time. You know, that's a big hole, I think, is this Colts offense is a very, very predicated on a run game. Yep. Um, can they do that against Aaron Donald? I'm not so sure. Um, but, I, you know, so, you know, I uh, I like the Rams pick there. I'm so high on them this year. And it puts the Colts in a tough hole, except we remember that they play in the AFC South. So they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really, really good point. Yeah. Mike, keep it rolling. But I think it'll be, I think, I mean, I'll be excited to see Darius Leonard. He's not happy. The Colts, excellent middle linebacker. We'll see if he can bring any thunder against the Rams. Yeah, totally. Sorry. I I love that guy still. Uh, Mike, keep it rolling. What's your second pick? All right. um, Let's go. uh, Let's, let's. All right. uh, This one is, is kind of jumping out to me. Um, uh, one o'clock on Sunday uh, at Soldier Field, uh, Bengals Bears. Uh, the line right now 
is Bears by three. And so that's Vegas's way of saying that these two teams uh, are a coin flip right now. Um, and I disagree. I think that the Bengals are um, in a much better situation right now than the Bears are. Uh, I think that, um, you know, you, you, you can see some of the comments after the game on Sunday night where I think a lot of the players um, are really behind fields getting uh, getting a snaps. And I, I, I really I really liked what uh, Joey B was able to do in his first game back from injury. Uh, I think just with uh, two guys who can really extend the field like T Higgins and um, Jamar Chase, I, I think that the Bengals vertically are really, uh, really dangerous because, you know, you can't, like, you can't double either of them because then the other guy is one-on-one. And, um, and then you can't, like, bail out the run because Mixon will tear you up because Mixon is, like, one of the most um, underappreciated uh, RB1s out there where Mixon just will just get his yards and he'll um, – you know, he plays nearly every snap. He's just such a solid, uh, solid running back. Uh, I like the Bengals to beat the Bears in Soldier Field. And uh, again, the uh, NFC North, uh, besides, you know, someone needs to win Monday night, uh, may have another, uh, may have another bad week. And I, I, I like uh, the Bengals to uh, have the, I guess we'll call it the mini upset. Uh, in Chicago. So Matt, I want to hear your thought on this and then I'll, uh, I'll get mine. I came, I came real close to doing the same exact thing. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to have the same take. Well, ah! well, but, but, but I, not so fast, my friend. Here's why. Okay. I, I, I'm with you. Joey Burrow continues to impress me. And I'm, for some reason I can't get on the train and I don't know why that is. Right. Cause I do know how talented he is. Chicago. Um, and Jamar Chase totally turned it around. I thought he was a bust in training camp. Complained about the fact that NFL balls don't have white stripes on them. Dude, come on. Uh, but I do have to remember he hasn't played football for a whole year, right? Um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Mixon. I'm not as high as Mi- on Mixon as you are, Mike, but I mean, he's not a bad yeah. running back in my mind. Um, you know, th- Then I have to remember that they drafted Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell, who had a great game you know, week one against Nick Bosa. So my concern is the Bears – defense particularly embarrassed themselves in my mind against that Rams team. I think Khalil Mack and company might have a little bit of a field day against a, uh, a Cincy team that won a great game, but, but I still think is probably not a playoff team in my mind. So I, I like the bears to get a little bit back on track. I think it's a low scoring gritty game. Um, but I think the lack of an offensive line is going to hurt Cincinnati and Cleo Mack is the perfect recipe for disaster who he needs the big game to step up. So I'm not saying Cincinnati's not going to win, but that's why I stayed away. I get a little concerned about the bears bouncing back. I will say though, if that, if it's a greedy game, then, I, then Burrow and Chase are probably having a good game because they're probably doing the dance a lot. Sorry, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my... I don't know why you guys keep having me back on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I was close to taking this too. This was something I thought, especially if you took the Rams, that I thought I could get on the comeback. But uh, 
No, I agree. I think Jamar Chase had a really good game. Apparently, that whole two-stripe comment was taken completely out of context. Um, there's a whole explanation somewhere on Twitter about it. But I think T. Higgins had a really good game, too, which I think is big. You know, quarterback's best friend, tight end. Um, so, I think that's that's great. Joe Mixon, you know, obviously, you know, just the one touchdown and 29 yards – or. 29 rushes for 127 yards. Um, so we'll see what he does. You're right, against that front seven of the Bears. I think the Bengals' defense against the Bears' offense is probably the biggest X factor to this. And I think the fact, granted, they played against shitty Kirk Cousins, who makes a lot of mistakes, but he has good receivers. And the Bears don't have those. They don't have that. They have David Montgomery, who's continuing to get better and better like a fine wine. So they have to contain him, and they have to not let Allen Robinson turn into Allen Robinson basically, but they, you know, they were, they were around. They, they didn't really hurry the quarterback a ton, only three sacks, only two pass deflections. So they kind of need to keep that up and keep the, the short yardage plays short. I know that sounds incredibly pedestrian and very obvious, but you need to do that. You can't let Dave Montgomery have these breakout runs like we've seen him do against, against other teams. So I don't know. I think that's a, a big aspect to this that i feel like we're going to think about the Joe Burrow side of things, especially with Jamar Chase having a 100-yard debut to his NFL career. But I feel like the defensive Bengals versus Andy Dalton, because, Mike, you, you hit the nail on the head, that a lot of people are like fans, players, media alike, are thinking, when does Justin Fields getting in? And I don't know. I feel like after this game, they're really going to be calling for it. But, Matty, let's keep it rolling to you. What is your next pick? You guys, are, you guys are taking a lot of a lot of good ones here. Oh yeah. I mean, although again, I guess I just mentioned I, I was I was planning on shying away. Um, there's a game I can't touch. I hope one of you brings it up later. I just I really I really just don't think I can. Man, I don't think I can. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's uh, some such big spreads. I think I might what are you, Kirk Curb shooting us? You're going to the I'm game. I'm not saying I'm not. I am not. Oh no no no! I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying that. We're not even going there. <laughs> Um, I'm not when I've been going there. I do. I do want to travel to um, a game that is kind of intriguing here. I'm not very high on the one team, uh, but it's the Tennessee Titans visiting the Seattle Seahawks. The Titans come Ooh. off. Okay. You know, I think what you have to consider a disappointing. I mean, they, they think of themselves. I don't, but they think of themselves as a big time playoff team. Right. Um, and, and they really came off a disappointing uh, week one performance against Arizona where they didn't just get blown out. They got hammered. Right. And it wasn't even so much. I mentioned their defense. I don't really trust them. And they let up 38 points, uh, you know, and they, their offense with Julio Jones, who already got scolded by their head coach didn't look great either. Uh, Derek Henry had what eight carry eight yards on five carries in the first half. Um, I, I think Seattle at home, I think Tennessee continues to get exposed this year. Um, and so I like Seattle to cover that five and a half point spread on, on the Titans, because again, quite frankly, not, not a fan of the Titans this year. Uh, Taylor Lewan, they're excellent. They're supposedly excellent left tackle got bruised and battered. I think the Titans will score a little bit more points against the Seattle team, but one Seattle's strength on defense is linebackers. So they're going to be able to corral yeah, Derrick like Henry 30. more with Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, right? They've got talent there. And so on the other side of the ball, you saw Russell Wilson, Throwing to you know a third year D third year DK Metcalf my writers at yeah third year either either three, way three. a a coming into his real prime DK Metcalf consistently underrated Tyler Lockett one of my favorite sleepers this year in fantasy Gerald Everett at tight end I I like 
the Seattle team. I, I think they pull it off again at home. Um, and Tennessee continues a little bit of a downward, downward spiral with a defense that can't stop anybody and, and an offense that I think is a little worse than people expect with the big names that are on it. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good point. And Tennessee definitely is kind of in that Bills territory of people thought they were going to be, you know, maybe battling once again for the division title. And people kind of forgot about the Colts being right there with Phillip Rivers last year. And you correctly so far have been very down on them. And I think you continue on that. I don't know if Seattle covers this or not, just because of if they try to use Derrick Henry against that front seven, you're right. It's very good, but Derrick Henry's really fucking good too. And there's fucking highlights of him using his fucking stiff arms. And maybe that's to show one thing or the other, but at a certain point you see the Julio Jones, the AJ Browns, the, the fact that Tannehill needs to kind of step it up that he's going to. And I feel like that kind of gives us an idea especially with a high over of 54 in an NFL game with two teams that you don't think of necessarily for, well, Seattle you do, but Tennessee, Derrick Henry's the feature, not just the feature back uh, of that sort of thing. I do think Seattle wins this game. And I think if DK Metcalf has the game that Tyler Lockett had last week and Lockett even has just a fraction of it, that you're definitely right. But there's something, something's going to have to give in this. And the over under 54 tells me something fishy about a five and a half point line at home for Seattle. But Mike, what do you think about this one? Listen, I, I, I'm going to be betting Seattle. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to be picking Seattle in my pools, like a, a pretty good amount. Sure. Um, just because, you know, they, I, I committed this year to start to make better picks from my head as opposed to picks from my heart. Where if I'm just picking my heart, like I'm picking Seattle to lose every week, I'm picking Baltimore to lose every week and New England to win every week. It's like, I, like, but so many times, uh, you know, people have counted the Seahawks team out and, you know, they, they showed by a pretty convincing victory on the road. We won, you know, again, that, that score was not as close as they looked um, the final. Um Listen, I, I believe in Tennessee a little bit more than uh, you know. I don't. I don't think they're fraudulent. I think that they uh, are going to win this division. I think they're going to do it. Um, I think with a little bit with, with some ease. Um, but I think this is a tough spot for them to come uh, on the road, right? Because this is this is in Seattle. This game. Yeah, this is twelve yeah. man. Yeah. So. Um, I agree with, uh, I I think you guys made some good points and I I think that, uh, Seattle does win this game. Uh, love the call on, uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, I do believe he makes it two for two this week and scores, uh, his his, uh, second straight touchdown week. So, yeah, um, I I have nothing to quibble with. This is boring that I agree with everything, but you guys are too smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a. This is you mentioned before. I I think it was the uh, there was a one game that was a stay away that one of us made that I that I, this is my stay away. I might okay. just bet the over to have fun on Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Uh, hopefully, I'm still playing in the golf tournament I'm in. But if I'm not, sit on the couch, rest my dead legs, and have fun watching a lot of points. Um, the other game, though, at 425, also on CBS, which we'll probably get. 
because I guess Misery loves company, and Misery is the NFC East for the last year and a half. Matt is going to hate this, but I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. How about them? Plus three. How about them, Cowboys? Who, their offense looked awesome against a very good Tampa Bay defense, and that is a game, Tampa Bay, that I hope I don't have to pick on the come around. But the Cowboys got close and gave Tom Brady too much time, lost that game. The Chargers looked pretty good against a Washington football team defense that debatably, debatably, depending on who you're talking to, is as good as the Tampa Bay defense, if not better. But I think one thing that stood out, Dak had 400 yards, Dak's ankle is fine. Ezekiel Elliott only had 33 yards. And I think that is something, and Michael Gallup hit the IR, we're thinking it's eight weeks or so until he finally comes off of it. And that's big, but they still have, they have a number of receivers. CD Lamb's awesome. He had a really good game. Amari Cooper had an even better game. But da- or, uh, Zeke only having 33 yards, I think is a huge storyline that we're not really thinking about a ton because the Cowboys are 0-1, the Eagles are 1-0, and we're all super happy here in Philly. But the Cowboys, they, I think, are out for revenge. And the Chargers have this big week. They had a great defensive effort because of Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hurt. They end up winning the game, and they're now looking like they have this awesome defense, and it's, it's pretty good. But I like the the Cowboys to win this game outright, but I'm going to take them plus three here in L.A. I keep on wanting to call them the Clippers because they're L.A.C., but Cowboys plus three is my pick. All right. Um, I, I I like that pick. Uh, I was – Probably don't do it. To, oh my god, you too. I was, I was, I was probably, I was probably gonna um, go there if it was still on the board for me uh, for my last pick. But uh, no, I, I, I like that pick. I, I like um, in that game, by the way, for uh, either uh, uh, either uh, Jarwin or uh, or Dalton Keene to score. A touchdown for Don Don Schultz. Sorry, don't keep. He scored a touchdown for Dallas. Um, the yeah, the Clippers allow. The, you caught me doing it now. Yeah, there it is. Uh, it happens. The the, the, the Bolts uh, allowed a touchdown to uh, Logan Thomas last week. So um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, What's the deal with Zach Martin? He's back. What's what's going on with him? Got, you know? Didn't he get activated off the COVID list? Okay, so I'm he's sure activated. He did. Yeah, he did. He's he did. Gonna, he did. He's going to help against that um, impressive Charger front seven. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the Chargers didn't weren't that. I didn't really knock my socks off week one against the football team. Uh, I, you know, it's you know it's good to win on the road when you're. A West Coast team traveling in the early game, of course, but I don't know. I, I was I was so impressed by um, the way that Dallas handled the moment on opening night. Um, I think that that's a game that uh, I think that's a game that they win a majority of the time. You know, you turn the the two ball championships over four times. You kind of have to win that, those games, and I think that if Gallup doesn't get hurt, uh, I think that was a huge turning point. Um, I think if, with, with Gallup there, they might be maybe they don't stall out on that last drive. 
they get six instead of three. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I do like uh, I do like the Cowboys, uh, but Diggs needs to make a play against these uh, Charger receivers. Like they, they 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 need to be able to stop Justin Herbert the way they weren't able to stop Brady uh, in in the clutch on on Thursday night. But I, I do like the house. Matt, tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> well, first of all, a couple of guys that you haven't really seen on the Chargers defense that are now stepping up big time. One is one of my all-time favorite safeties if, when he's healthy. That's Derwin James. And, uh, you know, I thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an underwhelming uh, secondary game for a team that had talked themselves up quite a bit. I don't think the Chargers will have that same problem. Um, I think Joey Bosa will make his presence known slightly too. And I know they've got, they've got um, Smith out there, the excellent left tackle, uh, but Lyle Collins just got suspended for five games. So you're assuming yes, Martin's back, but even if he is, you lose Collins. So their center who's replacing um, and his name will come to me here in a second, but an all time great at the center position for them was, was absolutely just pushed around uh, last week too by, Vitavia. Um, so, uh, but more importantly, I'm, I'm very much so. No, 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 not not for the Chargers. Oh. The 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 Cowboys' new center. It was Fredericks, I think, was his name. The Wisconsin product, who was an All Pro year after year. He's retired. His replacement's not nearly as good. So their offensive ah, line has yeah, definitely okay. taken a step back in my mind. I love. I think it's going to be a firepower power kind of game. Um, you can't discredit Justin Herbert's weapons. I mean, he's playing great, and you got Austin Eckler. Um, you got Mike Williams. You've got the the smooth Keenan Allen, who just makes things happen all over the place, plus a few other receivers. I'm not saying I, I wasn't touching this game, but I, I think the Chargers absolutely have a shot at home, even though you can keep calling the Clippers because just like the Clippers, people go in L.A. go who when you talk about the Chargers. <laughs> but um, um, I, I really like – I just like – I'm a big Chargers fan this year. And I think their defense is better than people expect. So I expect them to give him a game, and I easily see him. I easily see him winning. Will but. he pick it when it comes back around to him? We will have to see. I'm also high on the Chargers. I just think the Cowboys, they proved something on night one, and I think they have unfinished business. They've had the extra three days to rest. There's a lot of pointing at Chargers are still at an AFC favorite. A lot of people are high on them. I think the Cowboys finished some business here. And uh, you know, come back to it. But my next pick, which we're starting to get into some of the uh, the interesting ones. Um, and having said that, oh, do I keep with the close lines, or do I try to roll the dice on some of the bigger ones? I um, Mike isn't taken this yet, and I think maybe it's partially because we. we Matt hasn't taken the Eagles yet, but the Jets to me were not good against the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots were pretty good against the Dolphins. There were some mistakes made in Mac Jones's first game. I almost called him Mac Hollins, who is, I believe now a Carolina Panther because he went to North Carolina. Um, and I think that's why I have that association, but Mac Jones, pretty good first game, obviously, uh, did not end up working out for him. I think, the again, I don't think the Jets are very good. I think Zach Wilson did have a very good game, um, but I think that New England defense is really good and can slow down an abysmal rushing attack from the New York Jets. Um, 
even if uh, what's it, Wilson gets it going and Corey Davis has another good game. I mean, 97 yards and two touchdowns. This is the guy that we thought he was going to be out of college, or at least it seemed like it when Red Zone would t- tune into a Jets-Panthers game that I thought was going to be the sleepaway Red Zone game. You know, maybe see it when Christian McCaffrey scores another touchdown. And it ended up being, you know, we saw a few more plays. We saw a few more deeper bombs from the Jets here and there. Um, but I'm rambling a little bit. I like New England here to get on the board and win their first showdown against the arch-rival New York Jets. I know it's five and a half points. I know that's, a, you know, something to really look at a rookie versus rookie matchup on the road, but I like New England here. Really low-scoring game, but I'd like them to cover five and a half. I do as well. Um, you know, I, I uh, of course, watched every snap of uh, the, the, the Patriots-Dolphins game. Uh, and I agree that I, I left the game thinking that that I, I'm excited for the Mac Jones era. I've been very uh, consistently, you know, that he was the guy I wanted them to draft where they did. Uh, he was the guy I wanted to see getting the first team reps. He was the guy, the better guy in the preseason when uh, Cam was, was cut from the team. You know, I, I, I was excited. And I, I think that, uh, he did not disappoint. He had one like weird play in the first drive where he uh, <laughs> drew like a bounce pass behind him. Yeah. Uh, John Smith had to die. <laughs> I think he just like lost his bearings for a second and lost his mind. Um, but no, I think he made every pass, and I I I, I was very impressed with him. Um, the Damian Harris, uh, besides the fumble, had had a had a good game. That fumble was, was a backbreaker and definitely, definitely tough. And, uh, you know, the defense, I thought it was a mixed bag. You know, I think a couple of times they uh, kind of let Miami stay on the, on the field longer than they should have and led to, you know, either, either uh, points or just like killing of the clock. And yeah, I, I agree with this pick, J-Man. I think that, uh, New England will beat the Jets. Even last year when, um, you know, really they had a, a very uh, irrelevant year. Uh, they At least they went 2-0 against the Jets that year too. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw some things that I liked out of Zach Wilson, but I also saw a lot of him having to throw off his back foot, a lot of Panthers in the backfield in that game. Um yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 homerific of me, I guess, but I, I think that uh, the Pats are um, uh, a, a tier above the Jets, and I think that uh, they will um, win uh, in Jersey uh, pretty comfortably. Yeah, Matt, what do you think about this one? I mean, I thought the Patriots had one of the best losses of week one. What I mean by that is you saw Mac Jones. So uh, official. The moment's not going to be too big for him. They clearly just need help for him at the wide receiver position. I think they got to find a way to get the tight ends more involved. But they did play a really good, you know, solid Miami defense with an excellent secondary. You think of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on either side. So um, I'm, I'm not you – know, I think the, we talked about this, right? I think the Jets have a ways to go. I like some of the pieces they put in place. I'm going to get a little bit in trouble here, right? So – one of our resident friend Jets fans, Matt Adams, brought up the fact that I didn't mention Elijah Moore 
Um, one of the exciting young receivers, a former old Miss guy who was a rookie this year in the team, didn't show up week one, but that's relevant. Um, just want to mention, I do think he's got some promise, but they've got a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball still. The other hard part here is Becton goes down with what looks like an injury that came out for extended time. So all of a sudden you lose a left tackle and what's somewhat of a leaky offensive line, young but leaky. That's a prime real estate for a well-coached and deep New England Patriots defense. So I look at some of those factors and I think about this as a rookie quarterback going up against Bill Belichick. You know, he is literally salivating somewhere right now thinking about this. Um <laughs> You know, I, I think that there's just a little bit too much on the New England side of the ball. I do think they established the run early. They get Mac Jones going in what's a very much so a system rhythmic offense that really suits him well. They find a little bit of success there, and this defense clamps down on Zach Wilson. He'll make a couple plays to show you the promise they want, but again, needs a little time. And you pointed it out. Their running game there, it's not ready, right? Bad. I do like Michael Carter. I like Ty Johnson, but they need a little more on that side of the on that side of the ball offensively. Uh, you know, to to get through some of that. Um, you can't you can't discredit the loss of left tackle. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's not it's I think it's gonna be a long day. And uh this might be a game that might be the sleepaway game of the Patriots score here and there, and I don't know, I don't I don't think it's gonna be very good. But Maddie, we roll to you. What do you got for your yeah. last pick? Set my second to last pick then. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Second to last NFL pick. You have three more picks. Oh right, 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 right. I'm, you know, you know, I'm trying to stay away from one big time, big time. I'm trying to throw it. I shouldn't on you. do it. I know you are. I know. I know. God, I can't. Oh, oh, oh. You know, you want me to pick too, right? You're just oh, yeah. so ready for you it, right? Do. After you always after do. week one, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to give anybody else the opportunity, okay? On this one, now, I, you know, where I'm going. I'm going to my birds. All right, San Francisco <laughs> coming to town, traveling a little farther west. Um, East, I should say, excuse me. Um, you know, I, I think, like you pointed out, great. Like San Francisco completely outplayed the Lions for the majority of that game. Some things happened at the end. This is the NFL. These teams are much closer than, say, a college game, especially early in the season before injuries. And honestly, a little bit of professional uh, laissez-faire takes in. You know, as the team gets worse and worse, things tend to spiral downhill. Um, but, uh, you know, they come to Philadelphia, who's riding a high against an Atlanta team that's probably a little overrated, but still has some weapons. Um I think if you're, I think if you're Phil, Philly, I think what you're most impressed about Week One is really the play of Jalen Hurts against uh, Jalen Hurts and, and a young receiving core, right? You know, Rieger and Smith both get involved with touchdowns. Uh, Goddard and, and Ertz looked really strong. The running game came through. Kenneth Gainwell, you know, I know Sanders had a big day, but Gainwell played really well too. And an offensive line that's healthy and really talented. Because if you didn't see the Jason Kelsey block, when he's, I mean, he's out in front of Miles Sanders, just bowling humanity over. I love that guy. I do hope he never retires, even though I am excited about Landon Dickerson. I can go all day about the promise of this team. Um, I think they cover the spread. I don't. Do I have to pick a winner, Jordy? Technically, no. You just pick, you pick okay. the Eagles it, plus three and a half. It, plus three and a half. We're gonna lock in at three and a half. I'm not saying they can't win. I do think they keep it close. Um, I think a couple things that work in their favor. I still think San Francisco has some things to work out offensively including a running game. I know, I think it's Elijah Wilson, correct? Is that the new guy? Yes. All right? Yes, okay. Eli Wilson, I, yes, Eli. I, I, know he looked, oh, I know he looked good coming on the scene, but that Detroit defense is not good, right? Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, I still like. George Kittle exists. I think it's a higher scoring game, even though I do think it's a good San Francisco defense. One of the reasons why is Jason Verrett, a, a oft-injured but very talented cornerback, is out again now for San Francisco. So they lose a piece of the puzzle there. 
I think it's close. I think it's a little more high scoring than you'd expect, you would expect from a 49ers game. And I think some of the uncertainty at quarterback, they need to make a decision there, right? Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, I think eventually Shanahan has to put his foot down. I don't think he does it yet. I think that uncertainty on both sides of the ball for 49ers keeps this game really close. I can see them pulling it out, or I can see something happening late with the Eagles where they blow it to be up front. But it's going to be with a home Philly crowd for the first time in a while. I will be there, so of course i got to pick them. Um, but I think I, I provided some decently positive reasons. And Jordan Mailata is going to make, make his money this weekend against Nick Bosa. Right? He's got to be thunderous out there. I love watching him play. Great extension choice. So I think there's some positive for the Eagles going into the game. I think they keep it really close. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I don't know how this one's going to go, frankly, because the Eagles secondary, I think, got a – I think they got lucky, frankly, that, that the Falcons – well, maybe not lucky. The front seven played really well against the Falcons' not-so-good offensive line. But the fact that the Falcons' weapons didn't totally – dismantle the Eagles like they could have I think facing a better offense obviously we've talked about it a ton with what the 49ers have Debo Samuel Ayuk they the running back question mark with Mitchell is going to be you know it, we'll see what happens but maybe he gets slowed down but maybe the the George Kittle the tight ends and the, the wide receivers end up picking a part of secondary that didn't totally get tested and We'll see what happens, but the Eagles, I think their defense did a really good job in the red zone of shutting things down when Matt Ryan, all he really had to do was hit up one of his receivers and they rushed him. They a couple times hit him or sacked him, and I think, you know, it's going to be a really close game. I'm not sure if I totally love plus three and a half because this could be something that turns into a last second loss for the Eagles, but I don't know. I, I do like this to be a close game, so I respect the pick. I'm not going to comment on which way I would have gone. And I turn it over to Mike. Yeah. Um, this was, this was a difficult game for me to pick uh, just because like I, I told you guys, uh, um, you know, before the call started and a little bit in this, in, during this, this time period also, but I watched a lot of that Atlanta Philly game. I thought that, uh, that you're right. I thought that Jalen looked very, um, was was very uh, impressive and in control. Um, yeah, and then the, the defense did a good job of shutting down um, I, I, Atlanta. To, now, the first couple drives, like, I was texting friends, like, oh, who knew that this was going to be, like, the most electric game of the weekend? Because the first couple drives, Atlanta was moving down the field, uh, and then that just stopped. And Correct. then... Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, they they forgot how to um, you know who, who you know who who would have thought that Atlanta would start a game strong and they would uh, kind of limp to the end they were just not finish at all um, but yeah I I think that uh, Philly is going to be better than I thought they were coming into the season I will you know I will put my hand up and say that I thought that Philly was going to um, uh, was kind of still rebuilding that you know, they were going to. Uh, be bringing up the rear in the NFC East. Uh, I don't feel like that anymore. And I think a future pick may reflect that. But on the, on the San Francisco side, I think that, uh, I think that, that, that Jimmy knows that uh, Trey Lance is breathing down his neck and that the first opportunity 
for um, that uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to get to uh, make the switch. I think that's going to happen. And so I think that's really kind of, uh, that could be motivating uh, Garoppolo. Like he had a, a rough where uh, I think his first snap of the game, he fumbled and it was turnover that Denver got it on a bad exchange. But after that, like, I think he was pretty spot on. Uh, him and him and Debo, you know, when, when Debo is healthy, like him and Debo have such a great connection and they, um, uh, he always seems to know like which reps to run and where, how to get Debo the ball to um, for extra yak. And, and we saw that with the long uh, touchdown against, uh, against Detroit. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree that it's a tall order for them to be able to, um, to stay running game together. But I think we're seeing that a lot of places in the league right now. Like, look at the situation in Baltimore. Um, I think if a team is, is good enough, they can rise above that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect from uh, these uh, backups. Maybe Trey Sermon actually plays this week. Yeah. I don't, I don't, know I don't want that. I don't want or, that. That would hurt me. Or, or, I need to keep him off what. the field. Um, but, yeah, I think that if uh, – um, I th- think that if, if, if Fletcher can drop some people for tackles for losses and kind of, uh, make its way against, uh, this, this uh, San Francisco offensive line, I, I, I can see Philly winning, but, um, I am, I, I have visions of, I think San Francisco is a better team. I think San Francisco is going to, uh, win this game and cover. Um, yeah. So, I know you hope that I'm wrong, but that's, <laughs> that's the way I see it. Yeah, there's a reason why I don't pick uh, Eagle games and try not to. I don't try not to uh, get too over the top or too uh, over the skis, if you will. Um, but, Mike, we keep it rolling with you. Your final two NFL picks. All right. Um, guys, let's uh, let, let's uh, let's talk about the Young Bird game. Uh, so, Thursday night, uh, the, a game that – the two of you are, I'm sure, have a vested interest in. Uh, it is uh, in Landover, the Washington football team, uh, once again, uh, uh, playing uh, the, as the home team, uh, hosting the New York football giants. Uh, and that line right now is three and a half. And I think that yesterday and today, I think that Antonio Gibson was watching game tape of the way that the Giants let um, <laughs> an old man run all over them in uh, on Sunday in Philip Lindsay and said, <laughs> like, I am going to eat on Thursday night. I think that Gibson has a really big game against like a suspect, a suspect front seven for um, – for uh, the football Giants, I think that Daniel Jones is going to have his hand full uh, of uh, with the sweat and young uh, in his grill all night. The Giants went two and zero against the football team last year, and so it's easy. It would be easy to just be like, "Oh, the Giants are a better team." I, I don't think so. I don't think the Giants are very good at all. Um, I, I think one of those games yeah. is like the Giants won on. 
Like a last second field goal won by a point or something like that. No, so one of them was where Ron Rivera, Riverbowl Ron, went for two. That's right. That's what it was. At the end of the game to try to win. And then the other one, I believe, was the game where Alex Smith went out with an injury. And then maybe in the same game, maybe in the same game, Allen went out with the injury also. So they had to play three different quarterbacks in that game. And Washington almost won that game also. Um, yeah, I, I get that that Heineke at his best is not as good as uh, Fitzmagic at his best. But Heineke, all he has to do is what he did in the NFC wildcard game where um, he protects the football. He doesn't make mistakes. He looks for Terry McLaurin. He looks for Logan Thomas. Uh, he looks for check downs to J.D. McKissick. Uh, and he looks at Antonio Gibson and say, have a day, buddy, and you're going to run all over this team. Um, I definitely like the football team to win on Thursday night. Uh, and, and it's not going to be like a blowout. It would be like, you know, six points, a touchdown. Uh, I don't know. But th- that's what I like on Thursday night. Yeah, so this is one game, I think because the game is two nights from now, recording this Tuesday night, uh, that I can see all the stats of the bets. Um, We have more than half of the money on the money line coming in for the Giants, which you wouldn't totally expect. um, But but again, I see the point, though, uh, Jordy, in the half point. Exactly. In the three and a half, I think a lot of these, I think a lot of these debtors think that the smart money is on Oh, like we could win with, uh, a, you know, I, I could, you know, this game ends twenty to seventeen. And I really yeah. shocked. Like, no, I'm not. But no. I, I, I don't so know. I, I the think... spread is the it's sixty three percent of bets on Washington minus three, and then seventy seven percent of the money is on Washington minus three, which means the big the big dogs love Washington minus three. So I oh. I would agree with this anyway because I totally agree with you, Heineke. You saw what he did against that good of a defense against Tampa Bay a year ago. He's serviceable enough that he can just get the ball to Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and like you said, have at it, buddy. And I think that defense has their way with Daniel Jones. I know it's a division game, the NFC Beast, how close all those games were a year ago and everything there, but something's got to give. And I think the fact that the Over is only set at 40 and a half, and I get it. It's the first Thursday night game of the year, and you want to see the Washington defense, like, really step it up and, like, put a chokehold on the Giants so you don't – maybe you think it's some really low-scoring affair and all this crap. I – But I – I I do – I'm sorry, Jira. I keep – No, no, no. Please. But I was going to say, I I do like – I do like the under at 40 and a half. Yeah, I – I know it's enticing. It's almost like a, it's the NFL. It's football. It's, yeah. You can't have 40 yeah. points. But you know, you're right. It could be a 17-7 to 7 game, and I'm not going to be shocked. The Giants, it really, like, it comes down to who, what team the Giants come out as. And I just don't think their offensive line is good enough to have Daniel Jones, for one, set up yeah. Sterling Shepard for another 100-yard game or see fucking Saquon come out firing when he didn't even outrush Daniel Jones last week. And they played the fucking Broncos. And we can talk about the Broncos in a second. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I love the the football team minus three. I think Heineke is the reason why it's there. But even the fact that 
so little betting is on the Giants. I'm surprised it hasn't moved more, that Vegas hasn't tried to at least put it three and a half, like you were saying. So, I don't know. Maddie, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think you brought up a great point. Saquon Barkley does not look like Saquon Barkley yet, right? He might get there, but this is the first year back from an ACL injury. Usually it takes a year, in particular with the skill position guys, less about a quarterback, more about speed. Um, so that concerns me. Kenny Galladay already dinged up. Um, Evan Ingram didn't play. Um, this offensive line isn't good. In comes this stud defense with four first-round draft picks on, on the line of scrimmage, some decent players in the backfield. Um, I think the Giants defense is a little overrated as well. So I think that to your point, Mike, I love the Gibson take. I think he could just make some noise. Um, but they, they can keep this close and still win. And let's be honest, did, did Daniel Jones take away any of the doubts about his turnovers? He fumbled again. I mean, he literally has more turnovers, I think, than games he's played. And against a swarming Washington um, pass rush, that's that's just a recipe for disaster. So I love I love him. I would I would have absolutely taken. Again, I get the question mark because it's Heineke, but he's played before and had success. He almost beat the Bucks yeah. last year in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you 100. I think it's a good pick here. Cool. Uh, and then I will. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> my last for my last pick. We've talked about most of these games, but there are a couple that we haven't uh, gotta touched get to yet. The, the, gotta get to the tough ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay. All right. I This is this one is way too high. All right. I like the Texans to cover 12 and a half again, uh, to, to, to uh, stay within 12 and a half against the Browns. I think the Browns are a much better football team than Houston is. I think that uh, they, they really... Um, came out like a house of fire against Kansas City. Uh, there's no shame in allowing Kansas City to come back and win in Arrowhead. Like, of course, they're going to be kicking themselves and they should have won the game. But I, I was really, really impressed with uh, three quarters of the Cleveland Browns game this uh, past week. I think that the combination of Chubb and Hunt uh, is just the the, the, the best two-headed it's monster legit. running yeah, back so that we've seen in a very long time in this league. Um, but, like, credit to, you know, credit to the Texans. Credit to Tyrod Taylor, who, uh, along with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and, you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Nate, Nate X, uh, just – really is kind of like a punchline for oh Tyra Taylor starting. Uh and he's never going to be the, the, the best quarterback on the field. Uh but he's just, you know, you kind of, you know what you're getting with Tyra Taylor. And um you know good for him for uh really playing well in uh his first game as a Texan, especially like, you know, they're, they're so I don't know. I don't like talking about the Texans because of like the Watson situation. There's so much uncertainty and so much like hanging over everybody's head. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I Brandon Cooks has been my guy since. Um, you know, I know that a lot of Pats fans were not uh, terribly upset to see him go after his one season in New England, but I love rooting for Brandon Cooks. I think that. Uh, that was a huge turning point in that Super Bowl that I know you guys know very well. <laughs> uh, 
of uh, the, the fact that Cooks left in, I think, the second quarter of that game after making a really nice catch. Uh, he let, uh, I believe he got a concussion. And so he was, he was out for the game after that. Uh, but no, Cooks had like a huge first game for Houston. I think that Houston um, is going to keep it uh, maybe like, like I, can, I can see 30 to 20 as a final score here. Something yeah. in that ballpark, I just 12 and a half is a huge line. And this doesn't mean that I don't believe in the Browns because I do. I believe in Baker. I believe in their, um, you know, I believe that they are uh, a legit team, but you know, maybe Houston's not as embarrassing as we think they are. But you know, cut to like them being blown out and be like, oh, it was because of the Jags. It was the whole it was just because they're playing sure. Jags. You know, like, uh, but I don't know, like 12 and a half is too big of a line. It kind of scares me a little bit. So uh give me Houston to keep it closer than that. So so do so duly noted that Mike thinks the Browns stink, which I make sure it's clear. <laughs> yep, yep. Put it okay. on the record, Mike. So I don't totally hate the pick. I um this is a stay away because I hate double digit point spreads. Although I think uh, I did win like a Jets plus 18 la- last year when they were like nice. actively tanking. Yeah, I think it might have been the uh the Oakland or the L- Las Vegas walk-off game. Um but regardless, mm-hmm. on Houston, their secondary played really well and granted, it was Trevor Lawrence's first start. You know, there's a lot of question marks to see a guy who's you know coming in Never had been he'd never been trailing before. All the different stories, all this stuff. Throws three picks, has a lot of deflected passes, which that's a big thing. That's a big critic of of Baker Mayfield is that he'll you know throw some of those you know more riskier passes. He's a more throws by the you know throw shoots from the hip kind of quarterback. On the flip side, their front seven only one sack and. Not a ton of tackles for loss, um, so that you know you have to wonder on that side of the of it. Does it become Chubb and Hunt, who you talked about, and and I don't want to continue to say that, but they are really good. Of where does it, where do we end up seeing this? Does it become a Jarvis Landry field day game of just that quick check down, get him involved, and all of this sort of stuff? But it is the NFL, and it is a it's they're all pros. Whether or not you think the Houston Texans are going to tank because they want to figure out something here, there, or the other thing because they signed all these veterans, they're still pros. They won last week. They're still going to play hard. So that it's a stay away because I hate huge spreads, but I really respect the pick. Matt, what do you think about this one? If people forgot that you know, one of the things Houston did do was sign a ton of veterans. Like they had a massive influx of veterans who are free agents who a lot of them are playing for their kind of their football lives, right? You think of their backfield, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, right? Those three guys need to make an impact. Brandon Cooks, for some reason, no one likes him. I can't always, I don't always agree either with that because I think he's a pretty good player, but they brought in a number of defensive players, number of linebackers. Um, you know, this is a team full of vets, so they know how to play. So then keeping a game close, you know, especially against a Browns team that's still, I think, evolving in a way on offense, still question marks in the passing game, but OBJ out. You know, they've got two tight ends. They kind of shift in back and forth. Jarvis Landry, I love the running game too. But again, I think there's some question marks. Um, defensively, I think this is a really good Browns team that got that got Mahomes. 
but I, I could see this game staying close. I just stayed away from it because it's the Texans, right? Like I'm not going to take one week against the Jaguars to say they're going to be any good. Uh, and also good for Tyrod Taylor. I hope, I hope he does have a good year. The guy deserves it. He's got a lot of unlucky breaks, right? You think the last two guys he backed up for Josh Allen and Justin Herbert both look like, you know, potential superstars. It's kind of tough when you start in front of them and you get injured and they show up and they, they do what they did. So you, you, um, you, you, yeah. you skipped one, by the way, in that, in that. Who did I uh, skip? Who else did he play for? No, you skipped Baker. Oh, that's right. He backed up Baker, didn't he? Yeah. So I don't think. Well, Baker's not a superstar. Let's not get ahead him of him. Him and Allen were never on the same team. He was, he was <laughs> out of Buffalo by then. Because Baker and Allen were the same draft class. Okay. I, I didn't gotcha. mean to well, actually. When yeah, you could have well, actually. He was the starter before back. Baker. Yeah. When you could have well, actually. The he was the Andy Dalton to Baker. To Baker's Justin Fields. I didn't know that. There you go. All right. But. Anyway, no, astute observation, uh, which apparently I said like a dozen times, according to my wife last week. But <laughs> regardless, astute observation from her. Oh, uh, love the pick, Maddie. Continue to you final NFL pick. So you made me pick the one that I wanted to sit on. <laughs> I am, I am gonna jump to what should be still be a really great game, but it's one of my favorite games of the weekend. It's Kansas city, Baltimore Sunday night. Um, Baltimore comes off of that very wacky. I'm glad you're you're taking this because I don't know yet of what I want to do. Okay. Oh, Baltimore comes off that really wacky loss to, uh, uh, to the Raiders. Raiders. Uh, You know, I think there are some serious (laughs) concerns and it's funny though. It's not, it's, it's the, the big concern I have for Baltimore isn't, actually offensively for them in this game it's defensively and that is the loss of marcus peters which mm. i know they have an excellent marlon humphreys and jimmy smith can still play they've got some guys but this is a in comes the best one-two punch in football right now in a, from a passing perspective in tyree kill and travis kelsey with a ton of speed located elsewhere hardman robinson pringle they've got guys that can move um, I, I, it concerns me, you know, because all of a sudden you can't, you can't eliminate guys like you used to with, 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 without Marcus Peters. Um, you know, so it's going to be a tough sled here for the Ravens. Um, I do think they cover three and a half. So I like enough of, I don't think this chief's defense has found its footing yet. Tyron Matthew didn't play last week. I think Lamar Jackson's out for vengeance. This running game's going to get a little bit more established. There are weapons there. So I think Lamar keeps this hyper close. I don't want to – I'm going to pick them to cover. I'm not going to pick them to win, just like I don't pick against Tom Brady. I don't pick against Patrick Mahomes. But I do like this game to be close in Baltimore, um, and I like the Ravens to cover um, solely because I'm not as high on the defense um, for the Chiefs as I was before the season started. And this is a proud Ravens franchise. They're, they're going to keep this one tight. Mike, what's your thought on that one? I don't know. For, 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 <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that this was – I was so back and forth. I, I wanted to talk about this game and pick it, but I was so back and forth that I just – I didn't feel strongly enough either way. Uh, I can see – both end results like I, I know that that 
Baltimore is technically like tough enough that they're not going to um, have two poor games like this. Uh, like I, I, I get that, but I'm thinking of the, the Monday night game last season between Kansas City and Baltimore, which was probably Lamar's worst game as a pro. Um, where I think he was throwing picks all over the place. I think that he had an absolutely miserable game. I I don't know. I, I, I don't think I don't think the Kansas City defense is in great shakes right now. Um, credit to Chris Jones had a really. I think that he had a, a pretty strong game. Um, he had the comeback in a way, right? right yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, he was huge. Yep. He totally turned that around for a defense that was just getting destroyed by a good Browns offense, but still. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think if you put a gun to my head, I would, you know, question why my life depended on the Kansas City Baltimore game. But uh, after having that conversation, uh, I, I guess I would pick Baltimore, but with like, no real shred of confidence there. I, I don't know. No, I totally agree with you. That's why I avoided this. I mean, I see an over at 55 points. This is one that, like, it's one of the highest of the week. The Cowboys-Chargers is that, too. We have a few above 50, Atlanta-Tampa, which we'll get to my pick in a minute if I'm even going to try to touch there. Philly, San Francisco's 50. You know, this is one that, like, with – how you mentioned it, Baltimore's defense kind of in a weird spot and played, you know, had that weird game against the the Raiders on Monday Night Football where it looked like they were playing really well and then Darren Waller took over and now you're playing an even better offense with the Chiefs, with the Chiefs offensive lines in shambles and then looking on the other side with the Chiefs defense and, and where Baltimore is, it's just a strange game. It's one that you like almost want to think, yeah, it's going to be close, take the under, take Baltimore plus three and a half. And then even if it ends up being Baltimore plus three and a half and the total 70 points, you're like, yeah, of course it is. It's Lamar Jackson versus Kansas City. The Lamar pick or Lamar, the Lamar observation from last week or from last year is, is so great. And I don't know. It's something of if the Ravens figure out whatever the hell is happening with their running back stable, if there's something that they're the running backs coach is saying or doing with a hypnotist and that's why they keep having having torn acls i don't know you know maybe they figure it out and it becomes that's where they they figure it out the ground and pound and then finally get we talked about it before mark andrews being completely absent from there maybe they figure something out in this game but i don't know this is something that i just don't have a lot of confidence either on either side i'm excited to watch it i think it'll be a lot of fun but yeah you're right matt you just can't go against patrick mahomes and it's yeah it's it's too tough to be like, as you said, Mike. Why your life depends on having to pick the the Kansas City Baltimore game on Sunday <laughs> football? You hope you don't have to get into that situation. You hope it's easier of saying Green Bay over Detroit because the Lions suck. But I don't know. It's a. It, I'm excited to watch it. It's gonna be a good closeout of that Sunday slate. Um, all right. So it comes to me with my last NFL pick, and I can either go against one of you guys. And I really thought about just trying to do the reverse jinx, taking the 49ers. But we got Denver. We got Jacksonville. Then we got the Atlanta-Tampa game. Atlanta-Tampa's up. Or not up. Has a 12-point 
favorite to it. A 52-point over-under spread. It, it makes me want to say Atlanta, but I hate double-digit points. Just seeing TB12, granted, minus 12.5, but still, TB12, somewhere in there. I'm not messing with that juju. Not messing with it. So we're, we're on to Denver and Jacksonville. Denver's minus six, and I get it. Teddy Bridgewater, very good quarterback, or has been a very good quarterback. De- Teddy Bridgewater's an experienced quarterback, very experienced quarterback. Trevor Lawrence lost his first game ever, had, you know, had a battle back and didn't have it with a team that really has a lot of, you know, is a few years away. As they say in the NFL, it's five years away. Uh, I think it was, it was, I think it was Terry Bradshaw. I was trying to think of who else is on that Fox committee. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's Terry Bradshaw saying it's five years away because they need five years to pick around you. And maybe it's not that long in Jacksonville. They put up a better fight than they came out with against Houston. Houston really showed, hey, you know, this this Deshaun Watson thing is crazy, but we're still a number of veterans. We're, we're still hanging out here. And I think Jacksonville came away or came into it thinking we got this laid up there in shambles and everything. And it's never that easy in the NFL. Denver, on the other hand, plays a Giants team. Not so good. We talked about it a little bit in talking about the football team versus them on Thursday Night Football. Uh, they end up having a really good first game on the ground. I think Jacksonville's defense is better than the Giants' is. So I don't think Melvin Gordon has another 100-yard gain. I think Javante Williams maybe has to step up and, and have another 45-yard game because I feel like Gordon's is going to go down. We'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. I do love that defense in Denver to have a big game i think they win this but i'm going to take jacksonville plus six thinking it's going to be a low scoring more defensive game so i'm i don't think the broncos are able to cover this on the road okay i'll go first i do not i i, I don't like that bit. <laughs> yeah this is a i'm stretching here terrible pick terrible uh, yeah this is, i'm stretching um, here i just no. it's a weird stick touchdown. to your guns shorty yeah i'm t- i'm gonna stick with it but it's just a weird on the road I don't know. Something doesn't feel right about that. Uh, do we have a Do we have an update on Jerry Judy? Like, is he? He's out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's out, out for a while. Yeah, he's out for a while. He's on the yeah, IR. We have a talented, talented KJ Ham. KJ Hamler comes right in behind him. The former Penn Stater. He's got explosive speed. No, they they, they st- still have. They got. I mean, Denver still has a good offense. Maddie, you can have as explosive, much explosive speed as you want if you. If you guys know this better than anyone, if you let like a ball hit you in like the rib cage, you, like, burn. I don't know exactly the play you're talking about. <laughs> burn your your safety and yeah. could like somersault into the end zone, and you just like let that bounce off you. Like hammer, make gotta make that catch. Uh, yeah. But no, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I, I think that Teddy B came into a situation where. You know, he knew that he was competing for a job. He won the job. He was very solid in the first game against the, the, the Giants. Um, and I just, I, I need to see, I need to see Jacksonville prove it before I start, you know, betting on them to, uh, betting on them to, to keep it close. Yeah, this is I, not I a game I'm that, actually putting money on. This is a, sure, I course. wanted to talk oh, about yeah. the other two games and, of course, and of pick course. one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is fine. Like, yeah, of course, stick to your guns. But I'm saying that uh, I do not like your pick, sir. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's the reason why it's the Mr. Irrelevant of the NFL portion. Exactly. 
<laughs> Maddie, what do you think of this one? I think they're two teams that we don't know a lot about yet, right? You mentioned first game of the first game of his of his NFL career. You know, um, what did somebody say? He said it's like playing against Alabama every week, right? You know, so I think there's a lot to go for Trevor Lawrence. I still like some of the weapons he has there, though. Um, and, you know, they have some holes, uh, but so do so do the Broncos, right? You mentioned Jerry Judy is a big loss. You can kind of button down a little bit more on a Cortland Sutton. Um, they've got some guys that need to take a step forward, like KJ Campbell, Hamler, who forgot how to catch. Noah Fant really <laughs> hasn't exploded yet on the scene. You know, that you got Javante, Javante Williams, who was their starter, but Melvin Gordon out, outplayed probably. So which one are they going with there? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, is he a serviceable NFL quarterback? Yes, I don't think he's a starter uh, long-term, but against a Jacksonville defense that has some issues, could be. So I think both teams have a ton of question marks. Um, you know, Wait, Matt, I, I get it. I, if you've heard this one before, Ronald Darby's on the IR. Oh, God, not shocked at all. So it's, by the way, Jay, Jason Peters already yep. got hurt for the Bears. Anyway, I will forget some old Eagles who can't stay healthy, but there's plenty of current ones that might struggle. So you know, I, I think I, I, I like the Broncos' trajectory a little better. I just – I get to Jordy's point that I, Trevor Lawrence – so I go back and forth, right? Because I think Trevor Lawrence has more ability than Teddy Bridgewater, and he's a guy that could that could – win a game for Jacksonville. I think he has that in him this year as a rookie. That's why he was taking one overall. So am I picking the team or I think the better quarterback? Um, but to be honest, um, it, this is one of the tougher games is why I stayed away from it. Cause I just don't know. I don't know what each team has yet uh, this early in the season. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but this is a tough one. So I, I don't know, honestly, I guess gun to my head. I'm taking the Broncos though, to be honest, just because they have a little, they have a better team. Than, than the Jacksonville Jaguars do at this point. Yeah, I think the Broncos win. I just think it's it's closer. It's the NFL. Who knows? Like, yeah. I think both defenses are really good, so I think it's a closer game, which is what or it's a slow scoring game. So I think that's why it's closer. I mean, I mean, Trevor Lawrence better know where Justin Simmons is at all time because Simmons is ready. He's gonna he could have a field day if he wants. Oh, I to. think I think so too. I think like, but on the other side, like Miles Miles Jack had a really good first game. I think Josh Allen, the defensive player, not the quarterback. Had a really good game. He has, he's the only guy who recorded a sack for him. Um, and then Shaq Griffith, uh, Ray Sean Jenkins played decent. So we'll we'll see. There's a lot of question marks. And again, I just didn't want to have to pick the the either the Bucks who should blow out the Falcons or be like, oh, it's the NFL. The Falcons should keep it close, like that kind of thing. <laughs> but anyway, I guess it's it's me for college and uh, part of my my zoning out at times, if I'd sound that way is trying to figure out a game for this and looking on the ranked slate, there's other games I could have gone to, but I'm going to keep it in ranked play. And granted, some of these games aren't very good. Matt might pick Michigan to cover the 28 or 27 point spread against Northern Illinois. Um, or maybe don't homer me that fast. Come on. You never know. Um, there's, uh, Future Big 12 versus the Alliance in uh, Cincinnati and Indiana. I don't know if that's on anybody's uh, radar there, but I'm looking at hmm, I'm between two games, but I'm going to go in the ACC because I have a feeling Matt's going to pick probably the game of the week. Um, North Carolina hosting the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Virginia, who on paper looks like They've had this awesome season so far. And the first two opponents are, opponents are Illinois, and they played William and Mary. Granted, 
North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago and then played Georgia State last week, who is an FBS opponent, but not a very good FBS opponent. Uh, so you see Virginia 33rd in points against at 14 per game. Uh, that's because, or no, 14 total. They blanked in William & Mary two weeks ago. Um, North Carolina's nine-point favorite here. I think their offense, which Sam Howell has bounced back a little bit better. He did in week two versus week one uh, against the the Hokies. And I think he's really started to step it up a little bit on as a dual-threat quarterback. And I think Josh Downs has had a decent season so far. But I think this is a game that they make a statement against a Virginia team that normally is good for some sort of serious statement. You know, normally like a late September game against Clemson, we see them do something. Obviously, they've had a few upsets here and there, but I like North Carolina to cover the nine-point spread for uh, my college pick. So it comes back to me, and I know you think – I mean, first of all, North Carolina has a lot of a long way to go to live up to that top ten hype after that horrible first game against That's kind of what I'm, think, I'm hoping it's that way. I, it's uh, tough There's a lot of bigger spreads in the ranked slate. I could have gone a little deeper – Maybe uh, look FCS, but we're going that way. Well, look, Enter Sandman was on. It was going to be a tough game. I know you think that I was going to take the game of the week, Alabama-Florida. I'm assuming that's what you meant, correct? Yes, that is what I meant. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not going to take Michigan. And I considered – I mean, I'm really between two games. Wow. Oh, boy. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that Mike gets his due. I am gonna take what I think is the probably the better game of the week, but the second game of the week, and that's Auburn. The Auburn Tigers heading. Uh, okay. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Were you gonna take this one, Mike? I was. Go ahead. Okay. Go well, ahead. then hang on. Then I, see. This is why I'm glad I brought it up. No, I. I would. I would rather take an upset special this week because I don't no, know I, if I, the I, team. I have another one of mine. I have another one of mine. I want no. I want to go upset special. I see you've convinced okay. me otherwise. Right. We can talk right. about Penn State afterwards if you go to another game. I'm going to pick an upset special. I don't know if there is a ranked team that is somehow two and zero that has come closer to losing and hasn't than than this team. I think the Purdue Boilermakers. Oh, I almost took this. Notre Dame. Yes. I, I have been so unimpressed, other than Kyle Williams, the safety. So I unimpressed with Notre game. Dame to start this year. I think Purdue can throw the ball a little bit. I think Notre Dame barely beat, was it Toledo last week? Yes. I mean, barely we're, over we're Toledo. really, thank you. So I think Notre Dame is in for a rude awakening. I think their offense is struggling big time. They've lost a ton of talent there. So I think, I think Purdue gets it done against Notre Dame. It's an upset special heading to South Bend. It ruins a lot of days. So I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Purdue. I'm taking the Boilmakers in the upset, uh, making, making Drew Brees pretty happy. The only reason why so I that's my upset game, special. I love that pick. The only reason why I didn't go with it is that their first two opponents were Oregon State and Connecticut. Connecticut, who, like, is barely putting a – they're the Bishop Sycamore of the FBS. They're barely putting a team together. That's the only reason why I didn't go with it. <laughs> they lost to Holy Cross. They Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but their offense so far has been awesome. Is Jack Plummer Jake Plummer's kid? Do we know this? Like if I he almost, is, I'm definitely in, but I don't yeah, know. I, like, I have not researched this, but like I saw this. I saw the name. The only thing that turned me away from it, and Mike Pro- – or actually, we know him now because he's the manager of the Reds. Seeing David Bell as their leading receiver, just I hated David <laughs> Bell as a Philly. That's I don't know why that, that I saw that name, and I went, whoa, got to get away from that. Um, but I don't know. I do love that pick, Matty. 
do what I can. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, all right. So <laughs> I don't know if I've spoiled it for you guys. Oh, no. Uh, but I, I am going to uh, pick uh, the Penn State Auburn game. Yes. Let's I'm go. so happy you're picking it. I, Let's go. I will, I, I will say that if I uh, were bullied off of that game, uh, I already had um, Arizona State BYU circled, so I would have good, 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 that. good game as well. I yes, I was also looked at that game, but that one, I don't know. I'm torn in two different ways to the Arizona State BYU, so maybe we can talk about it after this. But go on, PSU mm-hmm. Auburn. Also, I I want to put I want to put, uh, I wanna put uh, the UCLA Bruins an upset alert as well. Um, they're playing Fresno State uh, super late, late, late on Saturday night. Anyway, so Auburn and Penn State, um, I will say advantage to Penn State for the strength of schedule so far because uh, Auburn has uh, two wins right now. Uh, They are averaging 61 points and allowing five. Uh, However, uh, that's against Akron and Alabama State. And so they uh, finally... Uh, getting tested. I said finally getting tested. Like Bo Nix hasn't been the quarterback there for the last eight years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Penn State, I watched a lot of uh, Penn State, Wisconsin, which was a classic Big Ten football game where it's just for, for a long time it was, you know, two first downs punt, two first downs punt, like Gotta love it. turnover on downs. Like it was a very, very Big Ten football game. And so a matchup of SEC and Big Ten um, in Happy Valley, under the lights, Saturday night, everything is pointing to me taking Penn State minus six. I am taking... Auburn plus six in this game. I can see a three-point Nittany Lion win. I, I think that six is a lot of points in here. Um, I believe in the, you know, the veteran leadership of Mix. I think that he's not going to uh, wilt under the pressure. Um, I need to see what Clifford's going to be able to do in front of uh, a raucous home crowd. I think that Auburn keeps this super close uh, and I'm going to go with the Tigers plus six. I, uh, I agree with it. I was going to go maybe with that too. Um, yeah. I Clifford, you're right. There's too many question marks. Bo Nix, we've seen it to him. We've seen him do it a number of different times. Uh, I think their rushing attack, the Auburn Tiger rushing attack, is awesome with Hunter. And I don't know. I think the Penn State game has been pretty good. They've certainly shown for their yards against that they can at times put the stop on it. But you're right. It's been Big Ten style. They played Ball State last week. So I'm not entirely sure of you know what exactly have we totally learned out of this. Versus, granted, Auburn's played Alabama State and Akron, so what are we seeing there? But I don't know. It's a until we really see a non-Ohio State, non-Oklahoma team really put the the fear of God into an SEC team. There's not a reason why I'm thinking that 
Penn State is going to be the team to do that. You know, um, and I don't think that's I don't think it's this weekend. If it is, I think it's you know good on them that they did that, and it makes the Big Ten a very interesting landscape going forward. But I just don't think it's that. I think you're right. It could be maybe a three point win if it is that. Um, but anything else, I think it's a Tiger win, and we continue to talk about the SEC being awesome, and that Texas and maybe Oklahoma are completely screwed when they go to the the SEC. <laughs> And go from that narrative. So, yeah, don't mess with success right now. <laughs> I mean, Penn State at home, I don't know. That might be the best home environment. You know, it pains me to say this, Jordy, with my brothers both being huge Penn Staters. It's all they talk about. It's all they think about. It is awesome. I was there for the, the whiteout against Ohio State five years ago. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I do not like Sean Clifford that much. But this is a, a solid Penn State team defensively. This place is going to be that place is going to be raucous. I don't, I'm I'm going to struggle. I think Penn State wins. It might be close, like Mike said, but I I think Penn State has it. I think at home, I think they're ready. I think it's going to be one of those awesome atmospheres. So personally, I, I think they pull it out. I think a lot of that has to do with playing at home here. Um, but it's a, it is a good test for both teams. You are both right. So. We'll take that one. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'd be great for college football and a great narrative going forward, but I'd rather, I don't know, I'd rather have a, a more a, a matchup of undefeated Iron Bowl teams than uh, Penn State, Ohio State when we're when we're having the Thunder Cup in a month. But regardless, it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, I think this is a fun weekend of football ahead. I think we had some interesting picks. Mike, any... Final thoughts, anything else you got going on before we let you go? No, no. This uh, is, is always a pleasure to join you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm available uh, every single time that Greg has to call out uh, day of <laughs> show. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I love uh, talking pigs game with you guys. And, yeah. Um, uh, worst of luck on uh, Oliver I'm gonna. <laughs> I did want to ask. So the last time you were on, you talked about the debut of the Untold series on Netflix. I haven't yeah. seen the other ones yet, and Emily and I have this one circled, and I thought it was the most recent, but there was one that came out last week. But have you watched the Crime and Penalties, the Danbury Trashers one yet? That is one. I that- have not yet. No. I've heard incredible things about, and two guys are on Spitting Chicklets this week, and I haven't listened to it yet, but I am excited to watch it. Um, the basic idea is it's some Connecticut mobster bought a like semi-pro hockey team for his son, who was 17 and was running it, and it looks incredible. So I'm pumped. So I was wondering if you'd seen it yet to give me the review, but we might have to have like a an offshoot podcast to talk about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> In the preview, he's referred to as like the real Tony Soprano. So, I'm pumped. Uh, it- enjoy that. I will. I will say that I uh, have DVR'd upstairs right now. Uh, parts one and two of the '86 Mets thirty for thirty. Which, oh, that's uh, gonna sure, be awesome. I'm sure it will be interesting for sure. For yes. Sure. But Mike, um, thank you so much yes, for coming sir. on, man. We really appreciate. Of course. It. Hey, good talk to you again, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Matt. And um, you're, yeah, yeah. 
It's a bummer. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough that your picks. It, well, look, it was great to have you on. I mean, it's a bummer that your picks are so bad, but honestly, it just helps yeah. my stats out. So, clearly, you know, clearly I know nothing yep. about the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, we will talk to you soon, man. All right, be well, boys. A special thanks again to Michael J. Clark for jumping on to do picks with us. Always a blast to have Mike on. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know in the comments. If you disagree with us, let us know too. We love to hear where we may be wrong and see what ends up happening at the end of the week. But make sure that you follow the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to try to drop a baseball show later in the week and continuously do the football coverage each and every week. If you're interested in being a guest picker, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, ThunderBLG on Twitter is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Shoot us DM, add us, let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know why you think you might be a good guest picker. And we will let you know. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Say it there. Maybe we'll find you that way. But you got to make sure that you follow us everywhere there. But we hope you enjoyed the episode. Enjoy this weekend's football. And for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend. And fly, Eagles, fly! Fly!